everybody. This is Carolyn Ofer Moselle, and welcome to the podcast, Use Your Powers for Good. I'm really glad that you are here. This is a podcast to inspire leaders, managers, and supervisors to use their powers for good to put more kindness in the world. As leaders, it's important to find ways to reduce our stress, find balance, and create a positive workplace culture by improving the tools in our toolbox. Today's guest is going to do just that. Jennifer Marchandeau is a is the president and founder of Leap and Inspire Global LLC, an organization um, focused on helping individuals and organizations achieve their full potential through coaching, consulting, and development. Jennifer is going to talk to us today about the importance of a more equitable and inclusive workplace culture and ways to create it. Welcome, Jennifer. We are so glad that you are here. Thank you, Carolyn. I'm happy to be here with you. Can you tell us about your company and its work in the equity, diversity, and inclusion space? Sure. Yeah, so uh, we formed just uh, last year, just in June last year. And um, after having uh, left a 26-year-plus career at this wonderful organization, the Center for Creative Leadership, and deciding to go out on my own to really focus my time and attention to developing women and to developing um, other upper, uh, other underrepresented uh, groups, and to do so through working directly with those leaders as well as with organizations that need to create the kind of cultures uh, that are equitable and inclusive. So, um, you know what what we do, as you mentioned, is um, is focused through coaching and consulting and development, and um, and the. The, the, the way that I come at it is that uh, organizations really are at their best when they have uh, a wide variety of people with a diversity of experiences contributing to the decisions and the strategies and so forth of the organization. And yet many organizations get caught in this trap that they have been for generations of, of um, of narrowing the pipeline of potential leaders as you move from entry level through mid and senior up to uh, the executive levels, there's there, that that narrowing narrowing of the pipeline is not because there is something um, uh, I- incompatible with women, people of color, people with disabilities. LGBTQ community, et cetera. It's not because they're missing something or lacking something that would make them strong, effective leaders. It's that the organizations are not really inviting them, including them, developing them in a way that they uh, continue to, to develop through that pipeline and then become senior leaders. And, and just as an example, I pulled some data Today, you know, we continue to track the rise of women CEOs in Fortune 500 companies. It's now at 8.2 percent, which, you know, that's growth, right? It was at six point something percent last year at one point. Uh, with Roz Brewer's appointment to the CEO of Walgreens, it hit 8.2 percent. Now that's better, but it's only 8.2 percent right. of those in Fortune 500 are women. Or if you look at it through the lens of um, board appointees in January, 39.5% of board appointees were women 
and 25.5% of those women self-identified as women of color. But you're still only talking about 12.5% of board members in publicly in, in public companies being women. So we still have a gap. And so, you know, the mission of Leap and Inspired Global is to help the individual leaders as well as the organizations to change that story. That's awesome. That's really, uh, you know, it, it, when I hear those numbers, even though, you know, you, especially in the last, you know, several months, you've seen co uh, companies be more intentional about their um, appointments of women and people of color, but it, the numbers are still just really astounding in the, in right. the global sense of, of that whole um, situation. And so I, I'm glad that you are focusing on that work and helping organizations to understand the, the, the power behind uh, power, you know, of, of all of, of being inclusive and diversifying their, um, their teams and their leadership. And so speaking of um, leaders, what type of support do you find that they need in order to be successful in, an in this evolving space from an organization's perspective, as well as from an individual perspective? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, at the, at the outset, some of the support that leaders need um, is to, whether they are individual leaders or, or, you know, responsible for large parts of an organization, they need to understand that it's okay to know that they don't know everything they should know. You know, and so um, to uh, to be able to admit and know that it's okay to admit um, that that I'm not sure what needs to happen, and I'm ready to learn, and um, and not feeling um, you know persecuted for that. the The fact is, we we've been this way um, around the world and in our country for, as I said, generations, and the only way we change that is for people to feel comfortable learning and um, and trying out new approaches and sometimes failing at those new approaches, but they're trying out of positive intent. Um, and so that you know, the, the first thing I think they need is that support to know that it's, um, it's okay to be where you are as long as what you're trying to do is to make things better um, for your workforce. The, so the next thing that, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say that the, the next thing then, once that readiness is there, is um, is understanding. This is particularly true for leaders um, at more senior levels. Understanding what's happening in their organization. What are the policies and the practices that are in place? What is the sort of the the culture, the way we do things around here? Um, what's going on there that is creating a sense of belonging for all people and all leaders and what's going on that is not that's that's telling people whether directly or indirectly you know these leadership roles aren't for you and so you know don't worry about developing yourself in that way because it's it's really for for other people right and and not people in your mold so they need to understand what's there so that they can then start to to work on it yeah, and I, I, I find that, um, and because I've done a little bit of work, um, it was, it was, I say a little bit, but it was like really intense um, with the city of Baltimore when we were setting up the infrastructure for 
um, uh, um, complying with the, the new law around um, creating more um, um, equity in the, the, the on the inside of city government. So mm -hmm. I did find that you know setting up that infrastructure was really a, a real sensitive subject because you you know it was setting it up with all of the city agencies. So you had the leadership. You know the the and then you had the middle management and then you had you know others other line staff that really needed to um, understand like what everyone needed to there was a, a lot of different levels of understanding that were needed yes and absolutely and it takes time which you mm -hmm. found right even if the intent is there the good intent um, you're talking about culture change and system change and that takes a lot of time it, we didn't get there overnight. And, and it's gonna take, you know, an organization usually around, you know, three years or so to, to really um, do a comprehensive organizational transformation. Yes, yes. And so, and so I know that like with leaders, the people in leadership who are responsible for, you know, kind of, doing the engagement and the communication around um, bringing up the other team members. So do you, do you find, what do you find that they are saying about how to um, bring on and get the support they need from their mid managers and supervisors and then, you know, line staff, et cetera? Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a top down um, process because it transformation really does happen with everyone all together. However, people are often looking to their leaders um, and whether that means the people at the very top of the organization or the people just above them, they're looking for guidance. And, um, and so the, uh, you know, some of what it takes on the part of leaders who are helping their team members to, uh, to create more equitable and inclusive cultures is those leaders need to do their own work first. Um, and uh, and they, they need to um, work through some of the difficult conversations that they'll have uh, with their peers, with others around them, before they, they can then uh, help their team members to do the same thing. And, um, and so they're, they're doing it together, right? But they're just a step or two ahead of uh, their team members so that they can have, they can um, uh, work with their team members through having that experience themselves. Um, and once you've, you know, experienced yourself going through a process, then you're better able to help other people go through that process. That's true. You can you can kind of get your questions answered, and and so that yeah. if those same questions come up, then you you know have an answer to uh, you know the questions that other your, the teams that you lead um, right. will likely have. And so I, I was thinking about what you said um, about how um, it's not from the top down. And because I think that's really important um, to understand that in order to become diverse and in, well inclusive, you need mm -hmm. to include everyone. And I think, yeah. you know, sometimes that has been, from my experience, uh, some of the the, the um, 
the area that is a little challenging because of, especially if you have a person that's always done things the same, but you know, it's trying to be a team player in a sense um, um, because you know, they do understand the, the value of creating an inclusive environment. But so uh, how have you found that leaders um, have been inclusive of all levels that may impact you know, decisions that they have to made, make and, and, and including um, that creating an inclusive environment? Well, let me give an example. Um, there's an organization that I'm working with and the, the sponsors of the initiative are the senior level leaders uh, in the organization. And so they are um, committed to the organizational transformation that needs to happen, but they also know that um, that the, the, the mindset shifts and the practice shifts that need to happen are all throughout the organization. And so as they um, design the initiative with me, um, what we've done is we have um, put together um, groups, stakeholder groups that cross the levels of the organization. And so, uh, and, and they're representative of the organization, but, but it's not the entire organization. So we're gonna go through a phased process where we're working with these stakeholder groups um, who are then going to be um, leading the rest of their peers through a process of development. And so it's sort of a, a three, maybe even a four tier, if you will, um, but, but really working almost simultaneously um, with each other. And so the, the, um, the, you know, the structure of that is gonna help them one of the things that they they know is important is to get the engagement of people across the organization early to understand what's going on and why it's happening mm -hmm. and so it's not only about educating uh, the people across the organization about equity and inclusion and how to achieve those um, but it's also hearing from them what's happening well what's what's getting in the way and what do they think um, can be done about it. So they're becoming part of the solution as they're learning about the, the work that needs to be done. And, and then um, as they are, uh, those teams then will come up with some, uh, some strategies and some action items, and they will then bring the rest of the organization into it um, and, and you know, be leaders with their peers in that sense. So I think that sort of, uh, um, that's a sort of a, a representative model, mm -hmm. if you will, um, where again, it's still led by the very senior levels, mm -hmm. uh, but but they they are not getting too far out in front of the rest of the organization. So, and tell me this, I I know that it was, in in the work that I did around this, there were, I, I found that so many people had so many definitions about what equity, inclusion, and diversity were. You know, you ask 10 people, you get 10 answers. So how do, you, how do you get everyone on the same page about what that is and the definition um, of those terms? Yeah, and there's all sorts of metaphors and I think people find the metaphors helpful. Um, one that I particularly um, like in terms of equity, so I start there with the, the metaphor, is um, if you imagine uh, people of all sizes and physical capabilities um, 
wanting to go on a bicycle ride together, a bike ride together. And you say, great. So here, here are, are the bikes and they're all the same size. And they happen to fit, you know, sort of the average size person in the group. Uh, but the very tall person, the very short person, um, the, the person without strong use of their legs uh, can't use that same model. And so that's not equity. Equity is when they each have a model of that uh, bicycle, tricycle, whatever it is, uh, or the, the, the cycles that are pedaled, you know, with your hands. Um, they each have what works for them so that they can go on that bike ride together. And so equity is, is helping each person to have the resources they need to accomplish their full potential. And then inclusion is that act of, of saying, you know what, we're gonna do this together. So we're gonna, we're gonna figure out what it takes for all of us to be on this bike ride together. Now, where do you wanna go? Do you wanna, you know, we're gonna figure out together if it's, um, if it's gonna be a flat ride or if there are gonna be hills, because we, again, we need to understand the needs of everybody and how you feel most um, recognized and valued for your needs and your wants. And, and diversity is when that bike ride turns into, you know, a, 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 a wonderful array of different kinds of people who were there because it was equitable and inclusive. And so, you know, I, I do put the emphasis on, on equity first and then inclusion and diversity because diversity is the outcome right. of when we create those equitable and inclusive cultures. Yes, thank you so much for that. Yeah. Um, also, can you give our listeners a few tips on something they can do today to begin creating an equitable and inclusive workplace culture? I love I love that question. And I and I would start with um, you know where I started, frankly. You've you've got to understand your own story and your own experience and uh, learn about the path that you've had through your career, through your leadership career, work career, whatever it is. What support did you have and what got in the way? And when you ran into barriers, who or what helped you get through them? So you've got to do some of that reflection and understanding on your own of your own experience. Mm -hmm. And then you want to think about, okay, now let me take that to, let me look at this through a different lens. Let me look at the top levels of my organization. Who's missing? Who's not there? And why do I think that is? And, you know, dispel yourself of the myth that, um, that there's a lack of potential in the pipeline. That's not true. There's something that is clogging up that pipeline and preventing people of all kinds from moving through it at, at the same kind of rates. And so I think that the, the first steps are to understand yourself and to understand what's happening in your world. And then, then there are other great steps about, okay, so what do I do about it? But okay, for today, yeah. we start with that reflection. That, that's, I think that's a wonderful way to just kind of, because self-awareness and awareness of what's around you through, you know, just in, in, intentionally through a different lens, I think will is a good step um, to get started on that journey for those who are new to it, especially. So thank you for that. And um, yeah. so tell me, how do you put more kindness into the world? 
I I had a wonderful boss at one point um, who had a poster um, on his wall and I believe it was called the platinum rule, not the golden rule, but the platinum rule. Mm-hmm. And and I really resonated to that and I try to live that way. And what that means is, you know, not only the golden rule is, you know, treat others the way you'd like to be treated, but it's really about treat them the way they want to be treated, mm-hmm. which means I need to understand what how they want to be treated. I need to be uh, empathetic to their needs and be able to put myself in their shoes and then uh, treat them in that way. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's kindness. That is uh, exhibiting to other people that you really care about them and you care about what's important to them and you want to um, you know, treat them, act around them um, in the way that is most important for them. No, oh, that's great. I mean, I, I, I have had a similar experience early in my leadership journey where, you know, a, a woman um, at the interview that she was a director and she said to me, I'm going to give you everything you need to be successful. All you need to do is take advantage of what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you every learning opportunity, put you in the room with people that that will help you to grow. And she, and she did just that. Um, and I always say, no one in high school or grade school will ever believe that I'm like on a mic or anything because I was like really shy. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, you know, so the, all, you know, that type of support really helps you to become what you need to become or what you want to become. Um, and it helps you to grow through leadership and, and tackle things that you did not think you could tackle. So, right. um, you know, it's good to have some people like that in your life Absolutely. as you're coming through. Yes. Absolutely, it is. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Can you just tell us a little bit about what you're up to and what you have coming up? Yeah, so I've got um, you know several uh, workshops and, and uh, projects with clients that are uh, both around women's leadership and around uh, creating equitable, inclusive cultures. Um, I was thinking uh, to that question of you know what could I invite uh, people to who are listening to your podcast. And uh, there are, you know, we're coming into, we're, we're, we're bridging um, Black History Month and then we're coming into, um, in, in, into Women's Month and International uh, Women's Day. And so there's some things that are sort of blending around the, the, the two of those. Um, in particular, there is a, um, a, a two-part session that uh, the UN uh, Women North Carolina uh, branch is going to co-sponsor with the Center for Creative Leadership, and I'll be doing a keynote on March 8th, and then there's another component on March 16th that people can tune into, and that I believe the uh, um, the Center for Creative Leadership is putting uh, their uh, the advertisement out for it uh, later this week, and then on March 25th, uh, Women for Economic and Leadership Development, uh, which is an open registration uh, uh, conference online of course as everything is right now yes Um, that uh, i'll be doing a a presentation there and then coming up in uh beginning in april you know i I co-authored a book called kick some glass 10 ways women succeed uh, at work on their own terms my co-author and i are working on an online course that we're putting together and so we will launch that in probably in april it looks like so that'll be a a three-part uh course as well so 
we we welcome people to join that. So so stay tuned. I'll you know I'll share all of this on my LinkedIn. That might be a good way to to find it. And and to that point, um, how can people connect with you, get in touch mm -hmm. with you, in case they want to learn more about your work or work with you? Well, the most direct way is through email, and I'm at uh, Jennifer at leapandinspireglobal.com. Um, there's, uh, I've got the website, uh, leap and, www.leapandinspireglobal.com. And through LinkedIn, look for me under Jennifer Martineau. Uh, I'm also on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm a little bit less frequent there, uh, mm -hmm. but Twitter is J at jwmartineau and Instagram is at Jennifer Martin 01, the number yeah, one. There, there, there's so many social media platforms. Like, <laughs> and then like again, the Clubhouse came. I'm like, I don't even know what that is really. <laughs> you know, and Platinum Rule, I want to I want to meet people where they are, but it's you know, there is a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in a lot of places. Exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us today. You know, I really appreciated the conversation and I hope that people who are listening, you know, will be able to take advantage of some of those um, upcoming events that you mentioned. So thank you thank so you, much Carolyn. for being here. So until next time, be better today than yesterday. Be better tomorrow than today. Bye for now.